You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. But the brain power of the manta ray mm-hmm. blows most fish out of the water. Because a manta ray is a fish, yeah. so okay. we will we'll come. What can they teach us? So they socialize while they're feeding. <laughs> so it's like us at dinner, right? That's the big thing I about being it. human is it's a time for us to socialize. Yeah. Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris. And I'm Angie. How's your holiday, Angie? Going well with the blueberries? Oh, blueberries are great. The Michigan weather is amazing. Uh, I did bring a little bit of the heat from Florida with me. So the first couple of days it was everybody around me was sweating, but I was like, oh, I, I need a sweatshirt. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's mellowed out and we uh, got to spend a lot of time on the shores of Lake Michigan. Oh, My nice. boys are really into climbing sand dunes and coll- I like to collect rocks while they're climbing the sand mm-hmm. dunes. And so, mm-hmm. and then in the afternoon, we you know, have a nice little blueberry snack right out in the front yard. So yeah, <laughs> my, hey, compl- so my complaints are pretty minimal. Oh, go ahead. Yes. For listeners, when do you pick blueberries? And well, it's in diff- every state, it's a little bit different depending on the season, but in North America, it's the summertime. So right. in Florida, it starts back in May around Mother's Day. I was able to pick blueberries okay. in Mother's Day in Florida. Mm-hmm. But the Michigan mm-hmm. season, Michigan blueberries, which are by far, hands down, the best blueberries <laughs> the best. in the world. <laughs> yes. and they have yes. a nice, the best, they're the biggest, the firmest, and they have the, uh, the, uh, the best flavor, the most sugar content. Because blueberries like to get cold over the wintertime. That helps the mm-hmm. sugars do what they need to do in the plant to make the fruit mm-hmm. taste better. So they prefer our cold winters and yeah, so they're amazing. And it starts about July 4th or around our independence okay. day. This season, it was a little early yeah, because so now, we had yeah. that gnarly heat. So they started picking everything okay. like June 30th. Um, but yeah, and then it'll okay. last okay. until basically Labor Day. Okay. So there you go. So Pe- for, uh, for people not, for not, pe- for people not in the States, that's the end of August. Okay. So buy all so your blueberries. Eight weeks of blueberry mania. Yeah. So buy all your blueberries now, yes. right? Yeah. 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 Support Angie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they, and you can buy a whole bunch of them and then you, I just put them in the freezer. So then you have them all year round. Yeah. And yeah. it's much cheaper than buy, cause now, of course, in your local grocery, you can buy frozen blueberries, but yes. they're yes. usually more expensive or not quite as high of quality as the ones you can get in the summertime. So yeah. And they're not from Michigan. They're they're one of the world's healthiest, healthiest foods. That's why, I mean, Chris, I just had a birthday. So why that's one of the reasons why I love to come to Michigan and I've been eating blueberries my whole life. And I mean, how old do I look? Right. Yeah. You look like you're 10 and yeah, you got that blue tint of the skin, you know, and Wasn't it? It was Willy Wonka, right? Uh, You're the the blueberry girl. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, yeah, she blew, she ate too many blueberries and blew up like one. Which I mean, I do that as well. But no, the blueberries yeah. are good for your skin, and yeah, I, I I definitely don't look the age that I just turned. And I definitely no, you don't do. feel I mean, you do, the yeah. age that I just turned. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Angie was and this born podcast in is keeping me young something. as well. It's keeping me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, you know, let's get started on today's episode. But you, you know, with education, blueberries, it's good. Something different. Just want to up front mm-hmm. thank uh, two of our newest Patreon supporters, Debbie and Maureen. Thank you. You know, it means a lot to us to get the support. Debbie, yeah. Maureen, we love you. Yes, yes. And so Angie and I have been working on some, we're going to be working on some Patreon only content coming soon. So we'll have details in the next few weeks once that's all ready to go. Just getting our schedules. You know, I'm traveling next week. She's traveling. And once we get back from all this, then we will start hammering that out. But, you know, Angie and I each week talk about the podcast and what we're doing. We love what we're doing. We believe in this project and we're just going to keep doing this. You know, we're, we're dedicated to it. So yeah, well, and a lot of listeners that send us feedback, we really appreciate the messages. Yes. Uh, it's always fun to learn from you guys, mm-hmm. learn what species we should do, what content you're liking or wanting more of. And it yeah. does, it gives me an amazing reason to get up in the morning and do this. Or as Chris was joking, how I am on quote unquote vacation and uh, doing the podcast, but this yeah. is extremely fun and makes me, uh, it's very fulfilling. And yeah. today we're going to be talking about manta rays. Yes. Yes. So yes. For, for me, I told Chris, I was like, well, I'm not going to prepare anything. I'm just going to yeah. talk about when I got to <laughs> snorkel with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now where were you? Where were you when you got to do that? So I was in Hawaii, the the okay. big island of Hawaii, uh, mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. of you that aren't as familiar with the different islands. It's, uh, the big island is, uh, not as touristy. It's the no, biggest no. island, but it's also a lot, yeah. it's, it's, it's more remote. And mm-hmm. my best friend lives out there, uh, Nani. So I, John and I flew out there, um, after we had been married for about a year mm-hmm. to kind of celebrate and, and they hosted us graciously for a few days and then, uh, my parents helped, uh, get us a hotel right on, right on the uh, western edge of the island mm-hmm. is, uh, there's a city called Kona, K-O-N-A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we were there in March. So from our hotel room, we could actually watch, uh, the whales, I believe it's. Oh yeah, yeah. The humpback whales. Humpbacks, yep. Mm-hmm. They, we yep. would just be sit, sipping our coffee in our like nice hotel robes. Because, uh, uh, like I said, we didn't pay for the hotel room, so we were like totally, yeah, living, yeah. we were totally living it up. It's like honeymoon, <laughs> yeah. honeymoon, honeymoon two point But sipping our coffee, watching the whales breach, it was mm. life changing. I, I don't know if I'll ever be yeah. able to get back there again now that I have all these kids and it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, so uh, um, in Hawaii, there's um, off the Kona coast of the Big Island of Hawaii. It's like the only place in the world where you can experience diving and or snorkeling with manta rays with a really high probability of seeing them. So mm-hmm. they basically over years, they've trained the, I don't know if trains the right word, but they've conditioned, that's a better word. They've conditioned the manta rays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that when there's a light beam that goes up when it's dark out, that attracts a lot of the zooplankton and therefore the manta rays mm-hmm. go there and feed every night. And they have two mm-hmm. spots uh, there's called there's the Manta Village, which is where I saw it, and it's off it's near the Sheraton, mm-hmm. so right off the coast, um, pretty mm-hmm. deep water. But yeah, it was super cool. We John and I just did the snorkeling adventure. We didn't do the diving because I, both of our dive certifications had run out, and we were we were kind of mm-hmm. in a hurry or didn't have the time to renew them while we were there. So we did the snorkeling experience. Right, right. So we were looking above the water where the divers, when they do it are down below, but yeah. because of the way the man, manta rays right. feed, it's basically like this amazing black and white 
giant ghost floating slowly flapping through the ocean and then spinning upward to eat the eat the plankton uh it was awesome and so yeah those life moments i mean it definitely definitely was life-changing and gave me just a a greater appreciation for the ocean and the creatures that inhabit it and of course and it, yeah. when we were as, as a guest doing this experience, it, it, we had to go through a lot of um, rules and regulations. They made us watch a video, safety training. You know, you can't touch the animals. Um, mm. You can't, if you're snorkeling, you can't dive down. If you're diving, you can't yeah. go up. Yeah. So there was yeah. a lot of, yeah, they, I, I felt like they really did a good job of not exploiting the animals and uh, giving I obviously was already so like a good ecotourism, right? Definitely great ecotourism, and I was already a wildlife and or ocean lover. But I think for people that probably Mm -hmm. maybe aren't as big of animal dork as I am, yeah, they probably once once they do this experience, they I'm sure they fall in love with the animals, and they they talked a lot about they did a lot with education and conservation uh, on the trip, and so yeah, and then the oh yeah, the other one near. Uh, where we went, we went to man, I think we went to Manta village, but the other one's called Manta heaven, just not that oh, far wow. away, a few miles away, um, and from yeah. and that dive site. And one, one night their record is like 46 manta rays. Holy smokes. Yeah. So I didn't oh, see that. that would I be amazing. I, yeah. yeah. I think our night there was probably eight or nine, yeah, but, but they're yeah. so big and you just, yeah. just, you just watch them and you're just in awe about, the beautiful world, the creatures that inhabit it. And they're so graceful. Yeah. Yeah. These ones are really cool. And it just made me think too, shout out to Ashley in South Africa. She messaged us. And so Ashley requested that we do leatherback sea turtles and made me think about when I was in Maui, I actually saw uh, the the sea turtles. So when I snorkeled, I got to swim with at least turtles. Not as cool. I mean, turtles are awesome, but manta rays. Oh my God. That is amazing. Oh yeah. It was uh, I mean, once we, cause we just went to the big island because my best friend's there and I, I've been to the other islands or a lot of the other islands previously. John had never been to Hawaii and he was kind of like, I'm like, well, this is where we're going. So we're going to see my, uh, you know, yeah. we're going to see my best friend. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And so we didn't, we didn't do any research cause I'm like, she lives there. She'll tell us where to eat, what tour what yeah. tourist things to do mm-hmm. what not to do and the very first thing she said she's like oh you have to do this you have you have to see the manor oh yeah she's like that yeah. is so it's so unique uh she's like you know honestly you, you yes. can go whale watching off of many coasts uh and and then she's and then we realized mm-hmm. we could just watch them from our hotel room so that saved us that saved us yeah. money <laughs> and yeah, yeah so that was yeah. kind of uh, that and the lava we went we went and made like john's favorite yeah. thing in the whole world probably maybe even though he's an animal mm-hmm. guy I think it was probably he probably liked it better than swimming with the manta rays or snorkeling with them. Was we went the lava was flowing yeah. and a- actively flowing when we were there, which it is currently actively flowing. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah, yeah, I think it it's is. Yeah. Worse this time when we were there it was just like moderate or very mild, so we could we actually hiked right yeah. up into yeah. the lava and made and with made earth. So John thought he was pretty cool yeah. making yeah. Earth, which I, I mean I think is cool too. But he just was- <laughs> John's uh, John's a lucky guy. I'm telling you, you made him go to Africa. You know, know you made him go I to know. Hawaii. Where's next? Stick for with Angie me, and John kid. That's what I tell him. Show. Stick with me. I get a lot of my I, yeah. I get a lot of my adventure gene from my from my late father. He was uh 
he always took us on some yeah. pretty wacky and wonky adventures and uh that's you know that's the spice of life that makes it yeah. all happen so yeah exactly exactly well yeah. you know, you were talking about the amazing creatures in the ocean so i was like all right we're going back to the ocean again we keep covering like every other one's an ocean creature. Because well, they're just so to give awesome. our audience a little, a little <laughs> insight to, uh, Chris and I and our, our, our daily dialogue, but Chris thinks we're doing too yeah. many ocean animals. And I'm like, no way, Jose. No, I, <laughs> no, I mean, the ocean, I mean, so I just, it, I love them. Like it's amazing. Each one we've covered has been amazing. There's, you know, and there's so many species on earth, but I just was curious. I'm like, okay, we keep going back to the ocean because they are charismatic. You know, we talk about that. They, we want to look at them. We want to learn about them. And so I went and looked up some statistics and this was from Noah. And this was interesting, Angie. 91% of oceanic species have yet to be classified. 91%. Wow. Like, we don't know anything about our oceans. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, and it is true. 91%. Like just diving into their physiology and the reproduction and of course yeah. their behavior. My goodness. Yeah. There's a lot less yeah. data out there. And I, it always leaves me being yeah. like, man, I want to go work for one of these groups and learn more about X, Y, and Z because mm -hmm. yeah, we, we, yeah, there's clearly a lot to learn. So maybe the, maybe it's the mist or attracted the mystery of it or off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, and ninety five percent of the ocean is yet to be explored. Wow, this is all according to Noah, you know, as the United crazy. States. So, you know, dig a little bit deeper on this. They did do a ten year oceanic survey, and I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I I made a big mark on my my slide here to to remind me to do that. That there's an estimate two to ten million species in the ocean. They don't know quite how many, but they've discovered over two hundred thirty thousand. Okay, so to date. Mm -hmm. They know of 230,000 species in the ocean, but still that's minuscule. Sure. To, what they think is out know, there. What's, what's out there. Wow. That's exciting. 10% yeah, or two to 10%. Wow. Now I will say there's more species out in land, Angie. There's a lot more species on land. 80% <laughs> of all species live on land, according to the estimates. Does that include so, insects? But you're talking plants. In, does that plants yes, and insects? Everything. Okay. Yeah. Plants, insects, everything. So, yeah, there's a lot more species to cover, uh, 15% of total species in the ocean, 5% in freshwater. So, but, you know, manta rays are amazing and, and it, the ocean animals are great. Like they're just phenomenal. And there's been a lot of focus on oceans of late. So that's really good. Oh, absolutely. We've got to save them. Well, and you're going to want to stay tuned with us today because we're going to cover a lot of fun things about manta rays. We haven't even touched on their size yet. So that's it's pretty mm -mm. exciting. Mm -mm. Uh, but the brain power of the manta ray mm -hmm. blows most fish out of the water because the manta ray is a fish. Yeah. So okay. we will, we'll cover that in a little more yes. detail, of course. Uh, it's related to sharks, skates, yeah. rays. Uh, but yes, so stay mm -hmm. tuned to learn just how smart they are or how smart we think they are. And yeah. you will be shocked. I know I was. Okay. 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 I want to learn. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't delve into that. So that will be exciting. Now you just, just said how big they are. And we did do the whale shark a few pods ago, which was again, another amazing ocean going animal. Not quite as big as the whale shark. Whale shark's still the biggest fish in the mm -hmm. sea. The man. So the whale shark was 46 feet or 14 meters roughly. 
Giant manta rays are 29 feet across or nine meters. I didn't know this until we covered them in a news segment a few weeks ago. Like I didn't realize they got that. Yeah, that's big. huge. Like that three stories tall. That's insane. That's insane. I didn't realize they were that big. Yeah, I mean, and this is the wingspan, right? That you're talking about with with yeah. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it was. I yeah. don't know if I saw quite that large where in, in Kona where I was, but I mean, definitely five to yeah. seven meters easily. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. That's huge. Now, of course, these are the world's largest ray, mm-hmm. you know, with, with that being said. And just to get in kind of the description. So they have these diamond shaped bodies with, with wings or, but they're really properly called the pectoral mm-hmm. fins, right? So they're really wide. They're what now this was cool too. I didn't really realize this with rays. The, the gill slits are underneath or ventral. They're on the bottom. They're on the bottom. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why they kind of look. Yeah. They're not- when you look underneath from the bottom side up at them, like if you are a diver, they look so cute because it's their gill slits. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. So I just didn't even think of that, their physiology. It never hit me that they're underneath them. Now their eyes are to the side, kind of like the whale shark, right? Mm-hmm. So they their face kind of looks similar. But then, and this will be cool too when we get to nutrition is they have the cephalic lobes, mm-hmm. so around the mouth. And that's really a unique feature. I think they're the only vertebrate to have these, these these extra appendages around the mouth, which is important to, to help propel water into Correct. their mouths. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. And by these cephalic lobes, if you're not familiar with the manta ray, definitely look at our show notes or Google it. But they're almost like arms coming out of the sides of their mouth or fins coming out of the sides of their mouth that yeah. uh like Chris said they act as almost a funnel they help they help get the get their food into their mouth but it's it's just a real it's a really unique adaptation that the other a lot of the other mm-hmm. raisin skates don't have yeah it was it was really crazy now the ones you saw you said they were black and white so they, they had the were, white under- uh, mhm yes and so uh I was on top of the water snorkeling, mm-hmm. looking down. So I probably got a little bit of the short end or short end of the stick. If I had to do it all right. over again, I would spend the extra time, the extra couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. to redo my dive certification so I could see all the action. Because yes, mm-hmm. on looking down at the top at their top side, they're yeah, black or, or gray in mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. And but I could see them their underside sometimes when they would do spins or rolls, if you mm-hmm. will, um, or when they're I could see a wing flap come up and the underside right. is in a, a lighter light gray, whitish in color. Right? Did you see any spots? Because they all have individual spots on their bellies. Chris, I I did not. Um, it no, okay. it is the yeah, water so. is it is dark out. So when we, when you do this. Um, they're, you know, it's, it's pitch black out and they are able to light, like they have a couple lights down at the ocean floor, probably about 30 feet, right. 30, 30 foot maybe. Yeah. Uh, and they, they shoot the light up, but it's still not the same as if, if you've ever snorkeled or dove, which I've had the pleasure to do both of during yeah. the daytime, you have a lot, a greater visibility. So, right. But right. the reason Chris brings up these cute little spots on their belly is that, yeah, they, it's like, it's almost like a fingerprint and it's, uh, these little black spots, researchers use it as a way to identify and tell different manta rays apart when they're doing research studies. On yeah. It. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now there are, there are these giant rays too, that can be black, totally black. 
So a few of them are, but I think that, you know, like we talked about almost in every, if you think about every ocean going fish, not everyone, I guess, but a lot of them, you know, like just think of a penguin black on top, white on the bottom. Again, that's an anti-predator, you know, like Angie said, looking down at them, it's harder to see. Yeah, and then when looking up at them with the light, it's harder to see them. So some of these darker ones, because we will get into how deep they go too. So, and most people, when you say a ray or a skate, think about mm-hmm. the the tail that has the barb that right. as for stingrays, right? That can mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that can be used as um, a, meth- a method to protect themselves. And so the manta ray, it does have a short whip-like tail. But unlike many rays, other ray species, it doesn't have any sharp barbs right. on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit different between the manta ray and the stingrays and the other species. Now, Correct. Now, there are two species of manta ray, the giant manta rays and then the reef manta rays. Now, the giant manta rays are bigger. Mm-hmm. The reef manta rays get about 18 feet, five and a half meters, and not quite as big. Mm-hmm. The scientific name of the giant manta ray is manta barostris. And then the reef, that's easy. This one's easy. Uh, the reef manta alfredi. I was like, maybe I'll, <laughs> I know. I was like, maybe I'll, I'll tell Chris I'll do it this week, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Well, the <laughs> reef is, work. is manta alfredi. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. Super easy. Yeah. 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 So, so there are two species and Angie and I talked, we're going to kind of refer to both of them throughout the pod. You know, they're, they're, Similar physiology, just a little bit. The reef's just smaller. That's it. And not, and that's still huge. I mean, 18 feet is enormous. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now the, the habitat or where they are, Angie, so you're Hawaii, right? So the, the giants are oceanic migratory is how they classify mm-hmm. them. Yep. And so I was interested. Okay. How far do they migrate? Do they go from the Indian Ocean to all the way across, you know, to the, because they do can get down to South Africa. Do they go up in the Atlantic and they don't, they actually don't migrate that far. I mean, they go far. So for example, some of the tracking studies they've done, they've gone from like the Yucatan Peninsula out into the Gulf of Mexico okay. and gone around there or like across the world from Mozambique to South Africa. So, you know, I mean, still it's what hundreds of kilometers. It's still pretty far, but it's not like, across all the world or all the oceans. And they definitely tend to, to prefer the tropical, warm, temperate coastal regions yeah. of the oceans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did. They did find them as, I think, uh, as far north as New Jersey, you know, in Japan. Okay. Wow. So looking across, mm-hmm. but typically, I don't know. And, you know, I know some of the studies I, I read about global warming and, and the oceans and I know migratory patterns of fish. Like I know off the Oregon coast in Cal or in, California on the Western United States, they're finding some tropical fish up there now hmm. that have never been there or seen there before. Right. Ugh. So it's not no. a good thing, but no. yeah. Yeah. Now this is exciting. The, cause I have the migratory map on here. They have seen them near New Zealand. Ah, well stay, <laughs> the North stay Island. Stay tuned for one of my <laughs> conservation groups. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. That's okay. All right, all right, all right. So they, they, yeah, maybe I can go up to Northland, go to the very tippy top of now, New dude, Zealand. Maybe, but do scratch warm, that. Let's meet in Hawaii. Uh, we'll stay at my friend's place yeah, no. and, uh, we'll bring the kids because we can just throw them outside yes. in, the, in her backyard in a tent. Because for those of listeners that aren't familiar oh, with Hawaii, yeah. uh, Hawaii is so amazing that they don't, in their homes, 
the people that live there, they don't have heat yeah. or air conditioning. Yeah. Like in the houses. Yeah, it's They don't cluttered. have any of that because yeah. they don't need any of it. Yeah. That's how perfect it is there. Yeah. I know yeah, you yeah. you're from San Diego and San Diego's pretty it perfect is. too. But I know y'all had yeah. air conditioning there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hawaii, you don't yeah. need it. No, heat, yeah, and heat, yeah. So, yep. That I mean, you oh, Yeah, Hawaii is awesome. I, I, hopefully you'll find a place, but if you don't, you're 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 kind of close to Hawaii, so it's Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good place to meet mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be good. I'd, I'd definitely I'd love Hawaii. I absolutely love it. Now, the manta rays, the the water temperature, so I thought this was interesting because you said temperate. So it can be as cold, quote unquote, 19C, which is only 66 <laughs> right. degrees Fahrenheit. So that's not No, that's that like what I was cold, swimming in right? Lake Michigan yesterday, um, basically. But they... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it that I, cold? I mean, oh, oh yeah. The water here is no, so I don't know if cold. It was, oh. It might have been the uh, 68, maybe. I don't know. It was, it was. Yeah, but all my all all my family from Michigan, it's not Florida, males are like diving water. in, and I I'm such a, I'm like a little sissy whip. Yeah. I'm like uh uh-uh. uh, no. Nope. Yeah, polar bear club. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, and then up to 30 C, 30 degrees Celsius or 86 degrees. Now Fahrenheit. we're so talking. Like, that's like, my kind yeah. of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's off Tampa. You know, yeah. The the Gulf water is is bath water. Yeah. So they 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 do go. Uh, you know, all kind of both ranges. Now, I think a good question that we need to talk about, Angie, is why care about manta rays? And I just up front, I will just say there's been a they're they're both species are vulnerable. Their global reduction of thirty percent, so they they are in trouble. Yes, and I think there's a reason we should care, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in the past, the giant uh, the giant one was commercially hunted from small boats, but Currently, it's it's rarely hunted. There's definitely been some protection measures put into place, which we'll discuss a little bit more in the conservation section. And for me, this section of why should we care about manta rays is very easy for me because I actually got to, to snorkel with them and spend time with them, mm-hmm. watching their behaviors, watching their majestic wings through the water, uh, watching them move, how they're gentle giants. Um so, but not everybody's going to be have that luxury. So, one thing I can suggest as well is I'll have Chris put her on the show notes maybe some videos of them moving through the water if you're not as familiar with them, yeah. and uh, or if you're not just you know, in general if you if you used to just write off the stingray family or ray family in general because they potentially could be dangerous, uh, don't do that. Uh, give 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 them a just give them a chance. And you'll probably fall in love the way that I did, even if you don't get the opportunity to snorkel or, or dive with them. But with that being said, one of the biggest impacts about for the manta ray currently has come from the tourism. And a lot of dive industries have created mm-hmm. these spots. Uh, of course, I, I'm highlighting today um, the one that out of Kona, Hawaii, the big island where I, I was so lucky to go. But there's several spots. I mean, in Fiji, uh, in the mall, the, the Maldives. Mall dives, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's definitely lots of spots for, uh, for in our international listeners mm-hmm. or pl- other places to go. And I don't know if I went to the best one, but I know that the one I went to was really awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this way you could just get up close and personal and, and look at, um, these gentle giants yeah. and, I, I saw I saw a number out there for people that are a little bit more economically 
motivated mm-hmm. than perhaps uh, I'm more motivated with my heartstrings, of course. Right, right, right. But they estimate that each year uh, tourists spend probably about 140 million dollars wow. uh, U.S. to see manta rays in the wild. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Yeah! Right! Wow! It wasn't Wait, let's, cheap. Let's, <laughs> well, let's, I know hey, when I went, it was not yeah. cheap. Let's move to Hawaii and <laughs> get a little boat. And we could do the podcast from the boat. And uh, uh, if only like, it was that easy. I know. Because I know. one of the good things too is a lot of um, a lot of the the groups where uh, where the manta ray sightings and snorkelings are, they they really are upping the regulations and and min, yeah. um, putting clauses in. And basically stopping overcrowding and yeah. they only let kind That's of like good. the, um, the manatees here in Florida, they only let so many yeah. licenses, so many people go in, they're trying to control it cause they know it's such a great resource. And, yeah. um, but yeah, this, so this tourism can definitely be part of the solution with, with combating other, other issues with fisheries. Cause sometimes they get caught in nets and, um, if we can get countries to see, to see the strong economic incentive, protect these animals that maybe they can get bumped up from the IUCN declares them as vulnerable, their populations, Mm -hmm. um, uh, at least see their population stabilize, if not decrease. Right. No, I was, I just had another brilliant idea. Oh my God. He's full of it tonight. See, this Mm. is awesome. (laughs) You're not even on vacation uh, yet. No, no. When we hit it big time, let's just do a podcast group in like Africa and then you and I can lead like a little group in Africa and we can go and talk about all the different animals and educate and all that fun stuff. And we can do like all creatures podcast meet in, I guess we'll meet at Ashley's house in South Africa. Yes. <laughs> hey, Ashley, we're coming. Down. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, put, we go, we'll, you know. we'll put the kids in a tent in the backyard. It's all will be good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all good. With the honey badgers. <laughs> <laughs> but we go to the Kruger, you know, and uh, go see some Cape Buffalo. And, uh, but our, ki- yeah, yeah, our kids are allowed. They would scare away any wildlife. And even in Africa, yeah. trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to go with Allison. We need to get Allison Kennedy Benson to to be our tour guide. Oh yes, definitely. So, no, she... but I li- I like the idea of the live podcast feeds uh, when um, from a from on site locations. So yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll work get there, on Chris, it. someday. <laughs> so get some uh, the species description. The like Angie said, sharks, rays, and skates. These are cartilage fish. They they belong to the subclass Elasmobrachii. And they don't have swim bladders. Okay. They have a rigid dorsal fin. And then this was another, this is a word of the day. Another one, placoid scales. Okay. So, you know, sharks, I know we talked about rattlesnakes. We talked about the skin being mm-hmm. tough with, with their scales. I know with sharks, you know, uh, you know, you go down and it's not one side smooth, the, the direction that they're swimming. Right. So if you go back, it's smooth, but if you go forward, it's really, right. really rough. So I actually have a cool um, mi- microscope, microscopy image of the scales. So the scales are rough, placoid scales. So that's most of these uh, fish that belong to this subfamily. Now, just, you know, here's really fast evolution. The first cartilage fish was about 395 billion wow. years ago during mm-hmm. the Devonian period. Yeah. So some of the first, you know, life forms, animal life forms were, were these cartilage fish. The first rays were about 170 million years ago during the Jurassic period, you know, so during T-Rex and all those fun dinosaurs running around. 
Manta rays specifically evolved about 20 million years ago. Today's species evolved about 5 million years ago. And they are finding fossils. You know, we, we talked about the cartilage. Yes, yeah, it's, it's harder. It's, it's, you know, it's harder. It's not like yeah. a bone. To find them. Yeah. yeah, it's harder to find. Yeah, especially ocean. Yeah, especially ocean going. But 5 million years old, you know, these species have been around a long time. A long time. Now, to get specifically into rays, the manta ray, stingray, skate, sawfish belong to the rays. Oh, the sawfish. I guess su- I didn't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so if you look at it, I was like, really, sawfish? And then you see a picture of them, and it kind of makes sense because they've kind of got that flat bottom. Okay. So yeah. they're, the, the, their gills are underneath. And this is the superorder Batodiae. Mm-hmm. So 600 species and 26 families, flat bodies, large peck fins, ventral gill slits. And more specifically, getting into just some of these uh, rays, the Milo batiforms is what they're called, manta and stingrays, mm-hmm. and there's 223 species. Now, this is kind of sad. 50 are threatened with extinction, so almost one out of four. Oh, wow. So 25%. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's sad. Now, Angie, I couldn't find anything in evolution. Like there was this giant manta ray that's already not giant. <laughs> so I went with <laughs> the largest ray ever caught was, you know, the, the Guinness Book of World Records has it off the U.S. at 30 feet and over 2,200 pounds wow. or a thousand okay. kilograms. Now, I have this image. This one was accidentally caught in Peru. Again, this is one of their threats is bycatch. They think it might be up to 36 feet, but it's unconfirmed. Okay. So they, they couldn't get the Guinness Book of World Records people there fast enough, I guess. But the image, it's huge. It's actually really sad to see this thing dead, but it's enormous. Like, my God, these things are, I never realized they were that big ever. Yeah. Ever. No, it wasn't. Like I said, too, even when I was preparing to go snorkel with them, I, I didn't, I hadn't really done my homework as before I was a podcaster and, or even a researcher. And so, yeah, I just kind of went along for the ride and then, yeah, I got in the water and was like, holy shnikes, these guys are. Yeah. And, and, you know, and even then it's still, there's still a little distortion when you're like floating above and like looking down at something. Mm. It's not like I was able to Mm. be that close to them and actually, you know, within an arms, sometimes divers, because they are gentle giants, I mean, they'll glide right past a diver and a diver could potentially put their hand out and touch mm-hmm. them. And, and, and there might, there's probably some pictures on the internet, mm-hmm. maybe of a diver next to it. So you could kind of get uh, an, an image, sure. or maybe throw one yeah. of those up on our show notes. So you can get an image of just basically how, how, yeah. how they dwarf you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they are, they are huge. They are huge. But interestingly enough too, with the, uh, with the evolution, the manta rays and the devil rays, the, the manta rays and the devil rays are the only, the ray species that have evolved into the filter feeders. Mm, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Cause I mean, the other ones, like the stingrays, they eat fish, right? They, they eat Correct. other fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're more carnivorous, I guess. And well, they're both carnivorous, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. But, it's yeah, that's right. The, little the tiny intake. animals. <laughs> yeah, the little tiny, Chris, tiny it's ones. Okay, buddy, I was cover. I had your back, man. I ha- I was covering you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now these can can live. They they the only thing they know is up to forty years, but they're they're really not sure. I mean, they know they can live that long. 
Yeah, but, I think I yeah. think the, the average numbers out there is twenty years. But once again, yeah. it goes to what was your what were your statistics early? Ninety one percent of the animals in the ocean we don't know anything about, yeah. or something. So yeah. I, I, I yeah. think our yeah. data uh, there's definitely some in, inconclusive data there. Yeah. Now here's some good data though. So this was uh, some of the stuff coming out of the Dutch Shark Society. So again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hey, put this link hey. up. That's my yeah. some of my roots. I'm I'm kind of a, a a mutt. I'm a mixture of everything. But yeah. Without doing a DNA test, I was always told that I had a lot of Dutch in me. So. Yeah, okay. You look it. Let's hear about this good. Dutch study. Yeah, yeah. You look Irish too. You, you got to have a little, a little bit of Irish. Everybody's got a little bit of Irish, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't drink the Irish whiskey, but I can, I can do some Guinness. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So they can travel up to seventy kilometers in a single day. So thirty mm. something miles, and the Dutch Shark Society say that fast. Measured mm-hmm. array diving as deep as 560 feet or 170 meters. Wow. Now this was, yeah. So this was their study. Now there are some reports and I'll get to that nutrition here in a second that they can go as deep as a thousand meters, which is 3,300 feet. That's crazy. That's deep. Yeah. That's, that's very really deep. deep. Yeah. And when they do dive, they don't swim, but they more glide. Right. You know, to conserve energy. Mm-hmm. You probably saw some of that behavior, which is amazing. Oh, yes. Now, which was during the day, they stay in the top 10 meters of the water, t- 10 to 30 feet. Mm-hmm. But during night, now, obviously, your experience is because they were a little bit habituated. They were attracting the zooplankton, everything like that. But typically, like especially when they're out in the ocean, that's when they're going to be diving deep. Right. You know, is mostly at night. Mm-hmm. So, and that's off the study. So, again, there's some science that's going on. Yeah, and so what was interesting is reading some of the facts about it, Angie, is they just they have this incredible countercurrent exchange. And I know you you're gonna talk about their brains mm-hmm. and how incredible they are, or not incredible. They could be just <laughs> dumb, maybe. That's it's, it's we're, we're on the edge of our seats to learn about that. But they have this really great countercurrent exchange to keep the brain warm and active on these deep dives. And just a brief I know we talked about this before. A countercurrent exchange is you can imagine the pectoral fins, the blood out to the pectoral fins cools off. And then as it comes back to the body, the warm blood going out runs right by it. So there's a transfer of energy. So it warms up that blood that's coming back in to the body. So it, it, it's thermoregulates, keeps us warm and, and going. So their brains need to stay warm when they go that deep, right? To, to, to function. So they have a really good blood supply to the brain that maintains that. Yeah. Blood I mean, basically when they dive deep, from, they effectively almost become warm blooded and they can, and they have the ability okay. to keep their temperature stable, a lot more stable than most fish. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Evolution, biology. It's just the uh, ocean. It's yeah, all the radical, o- man. The, the oceans, <laughs> the ocean is amazing. It really is. Now, they are, these ones are hunted by sharks, the big ones, the tigers, the great hammerhead, bull sharks, killer whales, false killer whales. And this was interesting. I read some of the larger rays have injuries, like from shark bites and stuff. So a shark will come and take a bite, you know, healed over. And then one that they always see is this one we have to do at some point. It's the cookie cutter shark. And I'm I think not it was familiar. on. Oh. I think it was on Octonauts. I think like everything good is on Octonauts. You yes. know, I'll have to ask Xander about it. I don't know about this cookie yeah, cutter co- shark. They attach and they cut out a, a, a cookie of flesh 
around Mark and then they detach and they eat that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So ask him, ask about octonauts. The giant manta rays actually from, from the work that the research has been done, they actually have less wounds, about 10% where the okay. reef manta rays actually have more. They have mm. like 70% of reef manta rays in some areas hmm. have done that. Now, like you said, these are filter feeders, so they eat zooplankton, maybe some small fish that get sucked in there. We talked about the cephalic fins, creates this O shape that helps the funnel, pushes the water into the mouth, goes over the gill rakers, which catches the, the zooplankton. You talked about how they roll, they're feeding, you know, which is really cool. Now, this one was, here's another study out of Australia. They found manta ray diets are made up of mostly of deep sea hmm. organisms. So, yeah, so they found, I think it was about 70% of their, their stomach contents were from sea life that lives between the mesopelagic zone, which is anywhere from 200 to 1,000 meters or 600 to 3,300 wow. feet. So the Dutch study showed these ones staying kind of mm -hmm. up above that, whereas in Australia, they found... These ones actually, most of the time, they spent deeper wow. feeding. Yeah, so I well, that was kind of. They're cool. able to adapt, and maybe it depends on what time of year or the yeah. the water temperature. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now their feeding behavior, mm -hmm. Angie. I thought you would have loved this, and and I, for any of the listeners out there that saw Moana, the movie Moana, which is a great Disney movie, and a lot of it was about based on Maori, which is the native. People oh, I didn't know that. So it's kind of yeah, really cool we for just, us now. Yeah, I've been wanting, yeah, it's really cool for I've us. I've been wanting Xander to watch it for a while, and he's been just not that interested in it. So I finally, yeah, yeah we finally sat down and watched it, and he just he loved it. And I love the soundtrack um, from it, so yeah. I'll play that a lot. Yeah. All the songs yeah. are just really, really fun, and yeah, it's just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful yeah. uh, kid kid movie but adults like it too so that's kind of why it's fun yeah no i mean just the history of them like the, that one my favorite is that one song where it shows them you know on their rafts like in and how they spread mm -hmm. out across the ocean it was just yeah and i mean the the native pop native people to new zealand didn't get here till 1300s right so they haven't wow. been here for thousands of years they've only sure. been here for a few hundred you know so anyways there's a point in there where the grandma it's more towards the beginning where she's out with rays and the rays are circling around mm -hmm. her it's really beautiful so national geographic has this behavior on video so i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna post it and andrea marshall of the marine megafauna foundation she's the one that, that kind of has been studying this it is actually them feeding it's a feeding behavior and social behavior mm -hmm. so they socialize while they're feeding so it's like us at dinner, right? That's the big thing I about being it. human is it's a time for us to socialize. Yeah. So they stack up in, in, around each other and circle. And I guess the first, the one in front gets most of it, most of the zooplankton. So they'll actually change positions and allow the other ones to all get their fill. Like just incredible. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's really gorgeous cool. the way that they swim in these vertical loops. And yeah, the researchers think yeah. besides the, the social part of it, um, but that it helps keep it helps keeps the ray like it helps funnel and or keep the plankton in this in a similar area or to um right. to congregate them to basically concentrate that's the word to concentrate the um 
their, yeah. you know, the food and make it easier. So it's like acts like a funnel and it helps increase their feed and, but they need, they need them all to do it. Right. Cause if just one did it, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be, it, yeah, wouldn't, no. it probably wouldn't be as, um, as efficient. So it all, it all leads yeah, into the, yeah. some of their other genius behaviors, if you will. Yeah. So what is that? What is that? It's perfect. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> so well, it's just, their behavior is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once again, too, I think we're still at the, um, we're just at the beginning of learning about them, but I love that the, the movie brought, brought this up and was you know accurate of the man array behavior, but in general, from st- What's been studied so far is that the manta ray brain power, their intelligence blows other fish out of the water. Pardon the pun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're giant. They're charismatic. I mean, and in the fish world, they are geniuses. They're the ones going to Harvard, if you will, or, uh, or Cambridge or Yale. So they, the manta and the, and the, and the mobula, if I'm saying that right, mobula, rays have the largest brains out of all 32,000 species of approximately a fish to, known to date. But manta rays or um, mobula, mobula rays have the largest brains of all 32,000 species approximately of fish that are known to date. Now, as Chris pointed out, there's many that we don't know. Um, but yeah, their behavior is intelligent cooperative and coordinated as Chris had mentioned with their feeding behavior and they have huge brains, the biggest brain of any fish. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and they're really well developed for their brains uh, are developed for areas of learning and problem solving and communicating. So as much as we love sharks and we haven't covered a shark species yet because it's going to be a big amazing thing that we're probably going to do this fall. We're going to get some researchers involved. So that's, we haven't done sharks. However, a manta ray's brain can be 10 times larger than a whale shark's. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So a ray, a ray. Yeah. yeah. A manta ray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not only the, not only a big brain physically, um, but relative to their body size as mm-hmm. well, which is mm-hmm. similar. That's also a sign of intelligence, like with elephants and dolphins and people too, that mm-hmm. for our, for it's not just the size that matters when mm-hmm. we talk about brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about other, other, um, parts of the body, sometimes it's really <laughs> just about the size. But if you're a blue whale, that's the only one the I brain, can go back to. If you're there, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, but with the brain, it's, it's, it's size to, to body proportion, which uh, these manta rays have got it going on. Mm. And so, wait, this is, this is what I found crazy amazing. And it was fun to uh, read the study more in depth, but the giant rays, not, they're playful and they're curious. And researchers think that they might be able to even recognize themselves in a mirror, <laughs> which in animal behavior studies is a sign of self-awareness, mm-hmm. which in animal learning and cognition um, research is one of the highest levels in the animal kingdom of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So elephants can do it. Primates can do right. it. Um, I think we, I think we thought uh, one of the species we've covered recently, maybe it was the hyena. They think maybe can do it. Yeah. I, yeah. The hyenas don't are really quote me on that. Though. I'd have to go back and yeah. look at my show notes, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty uncommon in the, in the animal kingdom. And, and so I, obviously I'm sure a dolphin can, but yeah, 
Yeah, they a, a 2016 study um, found that uh, captive manas would swim repetitively back and forth in front of a mirror, a mirror for an unusually long time. Mm-hmm. And they would examine other body parts that they otherwise wouldn't see. So yeah. they would roll and unroll uh, their different fins um, right. 10 times more often when the mirror was present versus when it wasn't. And oh, that's crazy. They would blow bu- yeah, they would blow bubbles while yeah. looking at the mirror, which just, I, I get all cheesy because it reminds me of my, like my 23 month old Zachy. He's like yeah. super into yeah. bubbles and he's like, big bubba. Big Bubba. Yeah. He can't say bubbles and he can't blow yeah, bubbles. Yeah. And so, uh, he tries really hard, but anyways, so yeah, so <laughs> they would blow bubbles, which is just super ch- charming yeah. and cute. And so researchers aren't a hundred percent sure. And they say that, you know, more tests are needed, um, to get a definitive answer. But a mm-hmm, lot of these mm-hmm. behaviors with the mirror, uh, would imply self recognition, which would imply higher cognition. And a lot higher cognition than most, definitely most fish, but even a lot of land mammals as well. I'll say you have made me such a behavior nerd because (laughs) as much as I love physiology and biology, behavior is so awesome to study and learn about. I know. So that is crazy. Like how fun would that be to watch that behavior? I know. Like of a fish. Yeah. Of a fish. Of a fish. And I always... I always, because of course I love positive, um, operant conditioning and positive reinforcement training. And mm-hmm. it blew my mind years ago to find out that you can do that with fish. You can like use a laser pointer mm-hmm. and train them to move to different parts mm-hmm. and of the tank. And, mm-hmm. but now this is like a whole nother crazy, crazy level. And I just think it goes yeah. to show that we are just at the beginning of understanding uh, yeah. Many species in general, land mammals, animals in the ocean, fish in the ocean, right. mammals in the ocean. And uh, I know that us humans are so smart and we've got it all figured out and we can, yeah, yeah. you know. We have gone to the moon, so I'll give us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely <laughs> know some amazing things. But it, but it also, Chris, I don't know, yeah. and uh, obviously you can cut this part out, but it always – that's kind of what infuriates me or frustrates me is like we are so smart so yeah. we should be able to figure out how to save these guys so to give them a fair chance or give us a fair chance to learn yeah. how smart they are and what their needs are. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they've yeah. been around for yeah. 5 million years more or less. And yeah. yeah and we're just, yeah, we should, these, we should be able we're to, we're at the cusp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, us and our listeners and like the, the team of people that we interview all the time, there are people out there working hard. I, I remind myself that all the time. You know, I get some of these sad stories that come across. You know, we cover some of the stuff in the news segments on Fridays. That's not the best, but I'm always reminding myself, as depressing as it is reading some of this stuff, I realize there's so many great people out there doing so oh, much. Oh, yeah. Good. And wait till we get to so, the conservation yeah. groups I, I selected today. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. other, there's a lot yeah. of Manta Ray fans out there in general and scientists and researchers that. Yeah really want to learn more about these guys, save the oceans that they swim in mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. take good care mm-hmm. of them. So it is. And that's why I love this podcast because I'm besides learning every day about animals yeah. and the environment. I, it is, there's a lot of positive things going on and I think it's uh, hopeful that we just got to mm-hmm. keep that, keep that train going, right? Keep the positive train going. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. But otherwise yep. with their behavior, once again, uh, there's not a ton known about their, their behavior because they are 
They are only um, kept under human care in a few facilities. So uh, studying in the ocean at nighttime can be difficult. However, many mm -hmm. groups, like I will touch on at the end of this section, uh, are are doing a good job. But we do know that they, they like you said, they can migrate. Um, but some um, the the a reef manta tends to be a little bit more residential, um, and and mm -hmm. uh, they are really the uh, the Atlantic manta ray is really active during the mating season. And has been recorded leaping out of the water uh, seven feet in the air and smacking against the surface. Wow. Yeah. So mm -hmm. That's crazy. And researchers, yeah. once again, are just hypothesizing why they do this. But they think that it might be mm -hmm. to remove some of the parasites or maybe those cookie cutter sharks. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I know. Get and then, uh, But yeah, get, get, getting rid of some of the parasites and also maybe um, some of the dead, like, dead skin on their bodies. Uh, but interestingly enough, the giant manta ray has been observed at quote unquote cleaning stations where it, um, hmm. where fish will just stay there and a certain type of fish swims around them, picking off parasites and dead skin. So it's like a manta ray hmm. manicure or no, no pedicure. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. Like they just, like, <laughs> they, yeah, they're just like doing their, like they're just yeah. swimming around them and, once again, showing another sign of intelligence of like, hey, I'll just go to this area and, and make this little guy do the work and I get to benefit off of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they also yeah, have a, yeah. a symbiotic relationship, which I'm, most of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with the remora fish, uh, which, of course, will attach to rays, mm -hmm. skates, sharks um, and hitches ride with them. Mm -hmm. And that will also clean off their parasites. But mm -hmm. yes, this mm -hmm. uh, but like but like whales, this breaching behavior is pretty spectacular. Um, and I don't know yeah, if it's seen yeah. in the giants, but it's definitely seen in the reefs. It's still a 20 foot or almost 20 foot flying fish. <laughs> yeah. You. Seven feet in the air. Wow, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, switching gears to reproduction, just briefly, uh, the mating season, mm -hmm. um, for a sexually mature manta ray is going to occur in most parts of the world from December to late April. And during this time, they'll mm -hmm. gather in large numbers. And several males will court a female. And I don't know if they know all the details of how a female picks a male or what pheromones or even probably much about how all this goes down. But they have observed that a male will swim closely behind the tail of another female um, at about 9 to 12 kilometers per hour. Mm -hmm. And he'll do this for 20 to 30 minutes, which finally the female, she just kind of slows down and she's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> she okay yeah just that's alone. just okay yeah. i'm sick of swimming around um so uh, it doesn't seem it's not super romantic it's not one of the most flamboyant uh, uh behavioral courtship displays yeah. that we've seen on here but once again this this is what, what researchers know about it there, there might be other things that are missing from this um but anyways um the male will yeah. breed the female he arranges his bodies under he arranges his body under the females and he'll, um, the, the, the rays and the manta rays have a cloaca and he'll, um, he'll breed her and he'll deposit his semen, which doesn't take very long. And then he swims away. And then interestingly enough, see up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's out, he's out of there and he's out. But interestingly yeah, yeah, yeah. enough, another female will move quickly in and repeat the same process. 
Oh, another male? Another male another, will uh, come in. Another, and, okay, I thought you said female. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Another male will, will come in. Like he's okay. number two in line. He'll come in, okay. uh, breed the female. And then after the second male breeds, then she's out. She's like, okay, I'm done. Okay. So it's usually just yeah, the okay. second male. Okay. And then, um, so I don't think researchers know a lot about why or no. what the benefit of having yeah. this is or if there's sperm competition. Well, genetic. Yeah, yes, you make a good point too, which maybe at some point we'll talk about that too is in sperm competition because that's really cool biology in some species. But sure. just genetic diversity, I mean, I think about that too, you know, just making sure they, well, they stay diverse. Well, in some right? species, uh, like I know in cats, they can have a litter where some mm-hmm. – they can have different fathers. Each each kit or kitten or whatever mm-hmm. it's called mm-hmm. can come from mm-hmm. a different um, a different male. But interestingly enough, um, mm. with the manta rays, at least, they their gestation period is for about 13 months for the giant manta rays, but they give birth to typically just one pup. They're called pups. Uh, sometimes oh, two. Oh, okay. Uh, and they give, yeah. Okay. So I don't, so if there is sperm competition, it seems like one was, you know, typically there's only one pup, maybe, yeah, maybe two born. So I guess if there's two born, then maybe there's, yeah. there's a chance for, but yeah, it's super interesting. And as a, as a reproductive physiologist, it, it just always, uh, yeah, it gets me all tithered. I, I want to know more, but I, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately yeah. I'll have to talk to an expert yeah. because there isn't a lot of, there isn't a lot of information out there that I could find. Um, but they do. No, no. And it, I was just going to say, it goes back to what we covered a few weeks ago in the news segment was the nursery that they found. Mm-hmm. Like they had no clue. Right where the young were they could never find them and then all of a sudden so this researcher josh stewart out of Mm -hmm. scripps out of uc san diego he they found this this nursery of young manta rays and it was cool because earlier when you said the spots i remember after reading this study that's how they identified them is by the spots mm -hmm. right they stayed Mm -hmm. it's like they can probably do like photographic images to tell them apart we do that a lot with like zebra stripes and um and in, in pretty mm-hmm. much any animal mm-hmm. with a pattern, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. And so the thing, the thing that's really cool about um, about rays is they they do give live birth uh, to to pup their pups. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that is cumbersome to their uh, generation inver- intervals and or for their overall conservation, how they rebound uh, in the wild, their numbers rebound, is that. A female will produce uh, a, a baby uh, every one to three years. Uh, and so with a three-year interval, and then I believe they don't sexually mature until they're like five mm-hmm. years old. or Yeah, five years old or so. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's a long generation interval. And so it's unlike, unlike other fish yeah. species or shark species – uh, they have a have a quicker generation interval. Their numbers can rebound at a faster rate. That's you know that's mm-hmm. not going to happen uh, with the giant uh, manta rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would also just lastly with the offspring, uh, I, they do grow at a rapid rate, and they can um, they're going to double their body width uh, through the first year of life. Uh, but the the cute thing I thought visual for me is that the pups are, when they're born they're kind of wrapped up by their pectoral fence, uh, mm-hmm, but they mm-hmm. but once they're born they pretty much unwrap free swimming and they'll basically fend for themselves. That's cool though. That's okay. And I also 
Yeah, I also found it interesting, and I don't know if this is true. Did you ever come? Did you come across this though? That basically, manta rays they never stop swimming. Oh no, I didn't come across that. Yeah. Did well, there are okay. Yeah, there are fish yeah that I read have somewhere to, to breathe. So yeah, they. What I read is they never stop moving. They must keep the water flowing over their gills to respire yeah, yeah. or breathe. Oh. Well, yeah, they, you know, it's interesting you talk about the generation interval because that, I'm just thinking of their conservation status being vulnerable. And, you know, we did talk about the bycatch being a problem, getting caught in gill nets. The, the populations are fragmented. They don't move across ocean basins, right? They stay, like I no. said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those. Mm-hmm. And both species, um, the, the giants and the reefs are vulnerable. Yeah. Listed the, as vulnerable by the, the IUCN. I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this, Angie, but it just China, uh, we need to educate uh, China, Chinese herbal medicine in, in Southeast Asia. So their big thing right now is they're just being overfished and the demand for their gill rakers have popped up as popular Chinese herbal medicine. And so that is where the population in the Indo-Pacific has been reduced. I think IUCN said up to 95%. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So they've gotten just hammered hard. The, the, it's fetching about $500 US per kilogram. And so what, what it is, is they are, they're claiming it boosts the immune system, cure cancer, chicken pox, infertility, all the same crap. Excuse me. But it's all just the same stuff. cartilage. It's, I mean, it is, it is. Everything has cartilage. Like go get it. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't even make it makes no sense. sense. But uh, none of and, it does. There's no, there's no, yeah. and, and and honestly, probably for some of these people making money off of it, they don't want there to be scientific studies. No, they no. Know that it would well, there, that yeah, it's BS. it does nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no support from science and there's actually no support in Chinese herbal medicine texts. Like even what, you know, ah. the ancient Chinese herbal medicine, oh, what, this is what, just like some fad. Uh, it's like, oh, take this. This will uh, this will cure cancer. It's like hipster like, Chinese medicine, which is the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So they, they've just been decimated. I mean, you know, their population has been just, you know, like I said, 30% reduction with that long interval. They're just, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad for them. But the good news is there are a couple groups that are working really hard. Actually, there's way more than a couple. Um, I think yeah, some of yeah. the, some of the, um, more, uh, well-established one. For instance, mm-hmm. my first conservation organization of the week is called Manta Trust and they can be found at okay. www.mantatrust.org. They have a great fr- uh, presence on Facebook, tons of news and updates. They'll, let you know what's going on and you can see some of the beautiful photos and videos that Chris and I have been talking about. But the Manta Trust is, I, I want to go work for them now. <laughs> Just like, yeah, per I know, usual. I, I want to do that study with the, I know, with the yeah, mirrors. Yeah, no, so amazing. these guys are great. They, um, they have a, uh, they take a multi, multidisciplinary approach, um, to worldwide conservation. So they're not just in one area or the other to understand, uh, to understand more is about manta rays and their conservation and their habitat using science research. And then of course, also raising an awareness and providing education to the public and stakeholders. Uh, they do this through many research projects. I don't have time to go into all of them, but one of their, 
one of their founding research projects or flagship research project is called the uh, Maldivian Manta Ray Project. And it's been going on for more than a decade across um, this island nation. And it's one of the largest longstanding manta ray conservation groups in the world. So they. I really want to go there. I really want to go to the Maldives. I do. I do. Manta rays and whale sharks. I mean, you're closer than I am, right? Like that's... I know. Yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's yeah, a numbers game, you should go now. I why why you're actually in, yeah. in kind of somewhat right half of the world. Close. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but this group they also bring a lot. They bring a lot of other groups together and help them get established from around the world to help drive conservation research. Um, they have a, a project in Fiji, another place you should go since mm. you're so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fiji's close, yeah, relatively Fiji's speaking. Close. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a nice, like, that's what you guys should do for like your anniversary or something. Yeah. It's yeah, in a few days. Okay. I'm, I'm going, to, I'm actually going to Mount Doom in a few days for our anniversary. That is <laughs> so not Fiji. <laughs> that is so, I mean, it's where they filmed Mount Doom and Lord of the Rings. So it's Tapo. It's supposed to be gorgeous uh, though. We've I mean, got a. Pretty cool. We've got a house on the lake. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. But you yeah, man, you got too. the parents in town. You should just say, <laughs> yeah. forget that. I'm taking Ashley to Fiji. <laughs> Fiji. She can thank she can thank me later. Yeah. You guys are gonna you're gonna help out with the Fiji Manta Ray project from the Manta yeah. Trust group and yeah, life will be good. good. But good. uh yeah, no, so this group and then oh man, they have um they work they work with groups out of Peru because um mm-hmm. Peru is one of the one of the areas where uh, a lot of bycatch is happening. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to work with um, communities, local communities on fishing and, of course, on helping them uh, with their ecotourism and giving in Peru, uh, aiding the government to build uh, uh, capacity and regulations towards protecting these manta rays. And mm-hmm. so, yes, yeah, so they and then they even do right up our area like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, They did a research study about in 2006 about. Does tourist behavior affect reef manta feeding ray behavior? Okay. So, yeah. man, I was whatever, it was some yeah. grad student. I'm like, that was some lucky kid, man. They got to study yeah, that. Yeah, fun right? project. Oh, man, right? Yeah, fun project. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so they, uh, the Manta Trust does a lot. And then what I really enjoyed too, because I did participate in manta ray ecotourism out of um, Kona, mm-hmm. Hawaii, the Manta Trust provides, um, they, they acknowledge that manta rays can be very sensitive to ecotourism and disturbances. Mm-hmm. So they've developed uh, proper measures and they have a guide called best practice code and conduct for manta ray tourism. And they have okay. a video, how to swim in the manta rays initiative that they, and a 10 step guide and a short educational film to help educate tour operate, well, tourists, tour yeah. operators, um, governments, things like that to just to, to put it out there, the best to get the best bang for the buck, to not, to not harm or interfere with the manta rays and their behavior, but also to be able to pro- provide obviously a very amazing experience to, uh, to tourists like myself. Tourists. So they, yeah, and mm-hmm. there you go, Angie, there's another, there's another group of people that are making a difference for. Oh yeah, species, absolutely. Right? And, and yeah. they even went yeah. as far to compile, they have a, a list of uh, tour, tourism operations that they believe are um, committed to sustainable manta ray tourism. So all mm-hmm. that's on their mm-hmm. website. 
check it out. Chris will provide links, um, and some videos, but the manner, the man of trust, um, www.manatrust.org. Uh, maybe they're hiring. If you are, if you're listening, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. Send Chris and I to Fiji. No, no, I take that back. Send, send Chris and Ashley to Fiji or have all, Oh, there, yeah, yeah. Have all of our families yeah. meet, uh, <laughs> yeah. or in Hawaii. Yeah. In Hawaii. Yeah. 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 We'll and then my, the second organization, conservation organization that I select this week is a little closer to your neck of the woods. It's a little more specialized. Mm-hmm. It's called Project Manta yeah. and they are on Facebook. They're a nonprofit organization out of mm-hmm. Brisbane in Queensland, Australia. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. they're across the Tasman Sea. Yes, they're uh they're they're on your side of the world. They're near you. And um Chris will provide the link to their homepage, but mm-hmm. uh Project Manta has a big Facebook presence. So check them out on Facebook mm-hmm. for easy access. And the Project Manta it uh it studies manta rays and it aims to provide the much needed as Chris and I have talked about, uh biological mm-hmm. and ecological information on on the species that inhabit the Australian waters. And they, they really investigate the connectivity and movement between populations of manta rays within Australia and neighboring regions, like probably like New Zealand. And they're really, they generate accurate estimations of popula- population size. And basically their goal is to try to understand biological environmental drivers of population dynamics. Then they take this mm-hmm. information because they're also, uh, t- um, they're with the university there out of Br- uh, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, but they take this information and they provide management recommendations for the government mm-hmm. and the, you know, the stakeholders in the area. But obviously right. they're out of a university. So they work with scientists, industry partners, and of course the public to, uh, learn about long-term su- sustainability for these big, beautiful guys. And then of course, they do support yeah. economic and social benefits of well done uh, ecotourism. Yeah. Yeah. I love our, our, we have a big following in Australia too. So love our Aussies. Love them. Love Yay, them. Love them. Yeah. Our Australian fans. Yeah. Love you guys. Yeah. I love Australia. Yeah. Like the Ashley got back. I was like, oh, you, she was on the Gold Coast. Lucky her. Yeah. So, um, lucky her. Yeah. She, she didn't need to go to Fiji. She just got, back I know. The, the I coast. need to go to Fiji. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Fiji for my anniversary by myself now. So, you know, Angie, conservation tip it, this week, we, we just keep hitting the plastics. That is great. It's picking up steam. I'm seeing it everywhere. Even my grocery stores now here in New Zealand, they are Dude, charging New- for bags. Starbucks. Yeah. I didn't read the article because yeah. I haven't had time. Yeah. been so busy on vacation. Yeah. But Starbucks just announced a, uh, getting rid of the straws. Yeah. So it's picking that's up steam. That's huge here in the States because yeah. there's like a Starbucks in every corner. So yeah, that's everywhere. huge. And I don't know, like I said, I didn't read, I didn't read the article. I don't know when they're implementing it, but it's, it's, it's all forward motion, it, yeah. which is exciting. Yeah, it's good. It's good news that we're picking up steam with the plastics. So our conservation tip this week, though, was a little bit different. And I looked at, cause this came up in the news that Hawaii is passing a bill to ban certain sunscreens that are contributing to coral bleaching. Yes. So it's, I know mm-hmm. corals are on our radar. Um, not to give it, give it away, but I know yes, it's on Chris Angie's and I have been radar. talking about corals. Yes. As we've been talking about corals for a couple of weeks now and I am yeah. trying to work that train. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to get something it's, done with that. I don't, yeah. If we did corals, though, I would have I would need like weeks to prepare because that is way out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, but they are incredible organisms, right? Oh, we, that, I would learn yeah. so much. Like you and I would just be like yeah. happy dorks learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they are collapsing. I mean, corals around the world are dying. Fast, oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah. just in your neck yeah. of the woods or oceans. Yeah, the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so sunscreens are actually contributing to coral bleaching. Now, it's a little bit. The data is still being argued. That, oh, you know, if you put on sunscreen and go into the water, you're not going to have an effect on the corals there in Lake Michigan. Right. Right. Because you don't have any coral reefs in Lake Michigan. Not anymore. But, we used to. Yeah, not anymore. And that's what yeah. I've been hunting for all week are what are called, what are called Petoskey stones. So they're fossilized okay. corals from whatever, yeah. thousands, maybe millions of years ago. I don't know. Millions of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You know yeah, me. Long time ago. I don't do evolution, but I do yeah. like looking for fossils of corals in Lake Michigan from when they yeah. used to be here. But yes, but no, no, there's there yeah. currently there are none. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay. Or if you're just going outside, you're okay. But where large groups of tourists gather, you know, like in Hawaii, where you just were, when you go in the water with these sunscreens that have these chemicals in it that they believe it's contributing to coral bleaching. So I actually have a list. I'm going to post the link, you know, of certain brands you can buy. So if you do go to the Bahamas or you are going diving near corals, I highly, highly, please, please, please use these because they're the, the two substances is oxybenzone and oxtanoxate. Those are, which are are the main ones and a lot of sunscreens. Yeah. They're almost, yeah, they're almost all of them. And that's what they believe could be contributing to coral bleaching. Like I, on Oahu, because I've been to Maui and Oahu, I know in Oahu there was a beautiful coral reef that it was just a hot tourist hotspot and it was great to go right. snorkel and just had tons oh, of- Oh, I mean, well, that's why yeah. I loved Kona um, off the coast of the big, uh, the west coast of the yeah. big island is we literally could just walk from the beach or yeah. bring your flippers and yeah. your snorkel and just from the beach- go whatever right there 20 yards out yeah and boom i was swimming with sea turtles and i didn't pay anything yeah and i probably had some bad sunscreen on yeah but we didn't know we didn't know we didn't know but now we know but now we know yeah so yeah yeah and and you're in and it sounds like there's companies that are stepping up the plate and providing hopefully some affordable alternatives Yes. Which it's all yes. just about, it's all just about educating yourself and, um, and being a little bit more prepared and taking teeny tiny steps that potentially over the long term could really benefit, uh, our oceans and the animals. Yeah. There's a bunch. Them. Like mm-hmm. this one's Think Sport. It's SPF 50, all okay. good SPF 30, Babo Botanicals. I mean, there's a, there's a list of them I have cool. and I'll post the link on the, on the show notes. So awesome, uh, Chris. That's can, a great one. Can, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, making the world a better place one thing at a time. For us, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We are there and Angie and I are, are pretty active. I'm, I love Instagram, Angie. I'm still going to get you on there. The videos. I think I, I sent you the, the baby hippo one. I don't know if you, you had time to watch it. The baby hippo with the baby rhino. I did. I actually found, so I actually cute. found the real video. Oh my God. I'm following the rhino orphanage on Instagram. It's. Oh my God. Those That's babies. where you find me when I run away from the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, thank you for listening. We will be back. Uh, we'll be actually be back Friday with news and then we will be back next week with a really good species and a really good interview. So next week's going to be amazing too. And then Angie will finally get back to Florida in the, the heat. And, and then freeze. I'll be ready to stay in the air conditioning and just pump out these podcasts every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, enjoy your blueberries, Angie. Oh, thank you, Chris. Enjoy your family and your anniversary, yeah. not in Fiji, but that's okay. Lord of the Rings yeah. is pretty cool as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah yes. well, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Yes, you yeah. will. Listen, learn, share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.